I just got to say that uh, uh, it's good to be home today, and uh, we are so honored to be here, uh, and just to be here amongst family. That's what that's what you are, your family to us, and. Um, uh, just to see the faces that I, I know there's so many stories and so many people I could acknowledge, but I just got to tell you guys, um, Dean and Amy, you guys are a gift to God's church. And um, the generosity that you guys have already uh, exemplified for Nicole and I has has just been uh, beyond, uh, beyond words yeah, for us, you know. Uh, Oakland's expensive, <laughs> uh, if you didn't know. And, uh, you know, Real Life sends us a check every month to help us. Um, and it, it, every month, that check's right on time. And uh, yeah, it, it's a faith journey. But it's amazing because I, I, before we moved, I drove to Oakland because I told the Lord, I don't want to leave because God's got a plan for real life. There's something amazing that's gonna happen in this church. And I don't wanna leave because I wanna be a part of it. And it's almost like you're wrestling, when you wrestle with God, um, sometimes he'll let you go a couple rounds. <laughs> but then you're gonna submit. Because at times, uh, how many of you know you can't turn in an assignment that was assigned on the first day of school on the last day of school? My assignment, had, I had a new assignment given to me, uh, Nicole and I, to go and do this. And if I would have stayed, if we would have stayed, we would have been outside of the assignment due date. And, and what we learned in our time at Real Life, we cut our teeth here, guys. We cut our teeth in ministry at the Artisan. We cut our teeth uh, in running day-to-day uh, -day ministry. And, and um, we're grateful beyond words, beyond words. But when I went to Oakland, I, I went there to talk God out of it which is not a good idea <clears throat> because the more I tried to talk God out of it, the more he gripped me into it. And I went and walked around Lake Merritt, which if you don't know anything about Oakland, there's this lake uh, in the middle of it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful scene. I walked around it five times one day. Um, and on the fifth time, I get to this point where I'm on the opposite end of downtown. And I believe this, not just for Oakland, but, but this morning during worship, uh, the Lord said, this, that word is for today as well. And what I saw was flames engulfing the entire city. Fire was everywhere. I prayed and I'm like, God, why, why are you sending me here? This is going to be hard. There's no, I don't know anybody here. I'm a relational guy. I like to have friends. I, like who's here? I don't know anybody. And I saw these flames rise up, and I saw downtown and the Pandora building and, 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 and uh, you know, the, the, the Tribune Tower. It was all engulfed in these flames. But what was different about these flames that I saw that day was that there, these were not flames that were destroying. These were flames that were producing. These were flames that were, were, were building up new, new lives and building up new, new industry and new entrepreneurship and, and new, uh, um, new uh, 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 freedom in Jesus. And I, and I believe that when I, when I was driving here today, I thought about that word. And then during worship, we sang set a fire. And it confirmed the fact that we don't need to pray for fire to fall, we need to pray for fire to rise within us. It is time, friends. We're seeing Natomas. Natomas is in the midst of a large change. I mean, you got the, the big tech company. What's it called again right here? Centrine, yeah. Like they're, the, all those folks are coming from the Bay. And they're coming here, and they're going to experience something new. And I believe this, is that 
the fire that we get to pray that rises up is gonna continue to produce not just industry, not just new housing, not just new people moving to Natomas, but it's gonna produce revival like we've never seen, like the kingdom has never seen. And I'm just convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything that's happening in Oakland right now, and friends, it is, it, I mean, everything you see, everything you see on TV, all the, all the stuff, it's real, it's there. You know, there, there's, there's murders, there's all those things, but you know, the war zone's shrinking, gentrification is super real there. Um, there, is a, there is a rub between old Oakland and new Oakland that I've never seen before. And I, I, I like, I walked into that and I'm like, oh, Okay, this is a demographic and this is, a, um, this is drama that I've never dealt with before. But the Holy Spirit, guys, man, has given us such prophetic utterance to speak life to a city that's had so much negativity, um, that's had so much brokenness spoken over it. Just two weeks ago, uh, I wasn't gonna share this, but this is such a cool story. We're, we meet at Oakland High School, which is the center of the city. And the, the principal is a gracious man, but he's, he, he's, very, he's a very devout Muslim. When we came in to, to pursue using their auditorium, um, the vice principal is kind of the person that gives the yes or the no, but then I met the principal and he was super suspect of us. Very like, who are you? Um, like, why are you here? And you know, we, we came in, we're like, hey, we wanna, bless, we wanna be a blessing, we wanna leave this place better than when, when, the way we found it. Um, what do you need? And we walked into that room, the, the, the auditorium, they, have no, they had no sound systems, no lighting, no nothing, because it's, it's so underfunded. And so we've been able to help put in a screen, a projector, um, put some lighting in. I, you know, um, I helped design all this when we built this room, uh, and this was, my, this was my background. And so I got to bring the giftings that I had to bless them, so this is amazing. So we, we, we brought this stuff in, installed it, and still the principal was pretty suspect of us. Then I met this guy who was the summer school director. He was um, over the, the, the kids who didn't quite finish all of their credits uh, for graduation. And they were holding a summer school graduation for about 30 students uh, in, uh, last month. And I met him the day before graduation. I'm like, hey man, what are you doing? He goes, he told me the whole, the whole thing. I'm like, do you guys need any help? He goes, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what are you using for sound? And he showed me a, a karaoke machine. It's a room about this big, guys. Like, like one of those Costco karaoke machines. Like you roll it around, it's got the thing. And I'm like, no, no, you're not using that. No, I'm sorry. Um, I, I can't allow that. I know you don't know me, but I'm not allowing that. You're gonna use our sound system. And so we came in and we set up our sound system for them to, to be able to use it for their, uh, their summer school graduation. 25 uh, students were able to graduate. It was amazing. We also were able to provide photography, like graduation photos for these, for these students. And these families now had a way to remember because the school district really looked at them as like, oh, we'll just, let's just get them through, get them out. Like a drive-through graduation. Like, no, this is something that is special for these kids. So we got to take graduation. It was amazing. I walked, the, the principal who was the keynote speaker um, of Oakland High School walks in. And he goes, what are you doing here? I'm like, we're just here to help. I'm like, if you ever need anything with sound, we got your back. If you ever need anything with, with photography, we got your back. He goes, that's what's up. And he just walks away. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. Got in the door. Last week, I get, a, I get an email or a phone call from the vice principal. He goes, hey, 
the principal wants to know if we can use the sound system for teacher's orientation. I'm like, yeah, just tell me when. So we got there, we set it up, and um, he goes, he also wants you to address the entire teaching and uh, administrative staff and tell them about your church. I'm telling you that God is on the move in Oakland and he's on the move in Natomas. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Matthew, that's, that's later. Exodus chapter 33. Um, I, I have the sense today that God wants to do something significant and I wanna talk to you from this concept of what it looks like to live marked by something. And there, there is, you know, we have so many um, experiences in our lives that leave their impression on, on our hearts, on our, on our souls, on our, um, on our confidence. You know, when you have something that, that builds your confidence, you can walk a little more, you, you can walk a little bit higher in confidence because something has built your confidence. If something breaks your confidence, you walk a little lower. You know, we, we are marked by the experiences that we have. And the experience that Nicole and I had when we served here at Real Life, man, has marked us. So much, because this is a church that looks, lives, leads, all the, 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 the L's that uh, are in the, the, the mission, but it, it's like heaven. It's like heaven. That's the key. You know, Jesus, when he uh, shared the parables, he always started uh, the, the story with this line, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And the, the prayer that Nicole and I have for our church, Anthem Church, is the same prayer that my dad had for, for Real Life Church, is that this would be a place where the kingdom of heaven is, that would be like the kingdom of heaven, that would look like the kingdom of heaven, that when people walk into these doors, they feel like they are experiencing heaven. And when they leave this place, then they get to carry heaven with them on Monday through Saturday. You see, there is a difference when you're carrying drama or carrying heaven. My question to you today is, what are you walking out of church with? Are you carrying drama or are you carrying heaven with you? You know, I got a tattoo. Um, uh, my wife bought me this tattoo as a birthday present a few years back. And I had always wanted a tattoo. I had pre, I had like thought about what I wanted for a long time. I'm like, yes, this is what it means. This is the scripture I want in it. This is the guitar that I want in it. And, and it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna have so much meaning. So she gives me this, ta this, uh, this tattoo appointment with this guy over in Roseville, who's like a really well-known tattoo artist. We walk in there on a Sunday afternoon and there's no AC in this tattoo parlor. Now, my birthday's in June. So, it's hot. And this guy who looks like the uncle from Duck Dynasty walks out. And he's the tattoo artist. I had no idea that that's what he looked like. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm like, okay, this is cool. But the dude's an amazing artist. He goes, all right, sit down. Let's, let's, let's get started. So he does the design. And he, does, and he goes, all right, we're ready. And the tattoo was much bigger than I expected it to look. You know, I thought it was just gonna be a little thing. It's like, oh, all the way over here. It's amazing. Piece of art. And so then he's, I, I, and again, I, I'd never had a tattoo. Never sat in a chair before. I sit in the chair and he gets the, 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 the needle thing and suddenly puts it on my skin and suddenly I decided, I'm not, sure, no, sure, I'm not so sure I want this tattoo. 
Does it have to be that big? How, hey man, how long is this going to take? Oh, this is at least a 16 hour job. But we'll do it in sets of four. Okay? There's no AC, bro. <laughs> and so I remember thinking to myself, because he did the whole outline, and then it comes kind of in here to the baby skin. You know the baby skin on your arm? I'm sitting there, I'm sweating. Like, like I'm in the middle of the Mojave Desert with no water. I'm sweating like crazy. And I'm like, oh God, deliver me. Deliver your children. This hurts. And I'm pretty tough. But it was an amazing experience because I think that when you, when you receive a mark, the mark is the product of friction or impact. See, we all get marked by certain experiences in our lives. We are either marked by, by what the world says about us or we are marked by what God says about us. And in Exodus 33, I just want to read this real quick to you. This is uh, um, when Moses is talking to God before they're about to walk into uh, the promised land. Mo it starts in verse 12. It just says, one day Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me to take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name and I look favorably upon you. If that's true, that you look favorably, that you look favor, that I look favorably upon you. Uh, if that's true, that you look favorably, uh, let me know your ways so I may understand you more, uh, more fully, and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember this nation uh, that's your very own people. Verse fourteen. The Lord replied, "I will personally go with you, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest." Verse fifteen. Then Moses said, "If you don't personally go with us." Make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably upon me and on your people if you don't go with us? Check this out. For your presence among us sets your people apart from everyone else on earth. For the Lord said to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked and I look favorably upon you and I know you by name. There's, there's a lot in this scripture. You see, Mark can look differently in life. Mark's look different. My tattoo looks a little different than, than what I expected it to look like, but, it's, but it looks good. You know, even after a bunch of years. I haven't gone back for those two other appointments, by the way. I ain't got the time to sweat. You see, there are two types of marks. There are visible marks, like a tattoo, like a bruise. My son was playing on some rocks yesterday. He fell and scraped his leg. And there's a big fat scrape on his leg now. There's a mark that will heal. Some marks are visible. Many marks are not visible. You see, many marks are, 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 are they hit you in a place that, are, that is in the unseen. They hit you in the place of your confidence. They, they hit you in the place of your worst fears. They hit you in the place that, of, of what people don't even know. And you know, I'm here to tell you today, guys, guys, I'm just going to be real with you. I was terrified to take a step of faith. And I'm the son of the founding pastor of this church. Like I watched my dad do this twice. So I've, I kind of have an idea of how it goes. I was terrified. I was terrified because the mark that the enemy left on me in the season of watching my dad be successful was you'll never live up to that expectation. That's always gonna be a shadow for you. Nothing grows in shadows. 
That's gonna be, that's gonna, you're just gonna, everyone's gonna say, oh, he tried to do what his dad did. See, that's, that, that's what I dealt with. That was the mark that I left this place for. But you know what's amazing about the marks that happen in, in the secret place, the marks that people don't see, is that you get to choose the marks you keep. You choose what mark you get to keep. You see, when we started this church, I was marked by, let's make sure that we can get all the chairs set up. Let's make sure that the sound system looks, sounds good. Let's push some stuff around and sweat for the kingdom. That's where I'm gonna gain my favor. I'm gonna sweat for Jesus. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna push things around and then Monday I'm gonna be sore. That's how I'll know that I'm doing good for Jesus is if I'm sore on Monday. If I'm not sore, then I didn't do good for Jesus on Sunday. You see, it was works-based. And so many of us are marked by the fact that if we try to work hard, then Jesus will approve us. I'm here to tell you that you, if, if that's your mindset, then you're simply marked by religion. Amen. Then you are simply marked by religion. And, and, and I want you to, to, to look at it like this. Think, think Costco and Trader Joe's. So there is a difference in what you walk out of that store with. You see, if you walk into Costco with a hundred bucks, you're gonna get a mattress, 76 pounds of bacon, three, 35 dozen eggs, and samples for days. Who are my Costco people at? Where, where are you at? Love me some Costco. If you walk into Trader Joe's with a hundred bucks, you're walking out with like three carnations. Like that's it. Like that, that you, you, you're not gonna get the same output from Trader Joe's that you would at Costco. You see, cause Trader Joe's was not designed for bulk. Costco was designed for bulk. You see, you were not designed for religion. You are designed for relationship. You are not, our soul, if you think about it like this, we are not designed for religion, friends. So if we operate in religion, it's always gonna fail because we're operating outside of our design. We are designed for relationship. Look at the garden. God was with Adam and Eve. Look at this, this scripture right here. God, it, it says Moses one day, oh, just one, like on a Tuesday, hey God. He talked to God, like he, he was in relationship. It was not religion. You are not, you are not designed for religion. You are designed for relationship. You're designed for faith. You're designed to operate and take a step of faith every day of every moment that you're, that you're breathing because when we operate in our design, then we can step out of this place on Monday and make a difference in this world. Did you know how much, do you understand how much Natomas needs you to walk in purpose? Do you understand how much Sacramento needs you to walk in your purpose? Friends, there is a difference when people are walking in religion versus walking in purpose. Because purpose, friends, changes the game. It changes your mindset because when you're walking in purpose, it doesn't mean, hey, I need to go and bring, bring my people to church. I need to bring church to my people. See, I want you to know this today is that when you're walking in religion, when you're walking in a works-based mindset, 
then you're not going to fulfill the purpose that God has for you. In John 8, 12, Jesus is the embodiment of purpose. And the purpose that we, where we find our purpose is the gospel. I love that this church values the gospel. It's, one of, it's, it's our very first value. If you look on, on the Anthem website, the very first thing the Anthem Church is about, we are about the gospel. It's the greatest story ever told. It transforms mindsets. It shakes chains off because Jesus is the embodiment of the gospel. So everything that Jesus is, is the gospel. I want you to hear this today. In John 8, 12, let me... Uh, uh, Flip my Bible. It just says, Jesus spoke to the people. Once more, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. And if you look at that word life in the Greek, it actually, there, there's multiple meanings. There's pur- and one of those meanings is purpose. When you walk with Jesus, when you pursue Jesus, you are then walking towards purpose. I just want you to know, friends, that there's nothing that you can do. There's no work. There's no chair that you can push. There's no sound system that you can set up that can make Jesus and God love you any more than he already does. He already loves you more than you could ever know. You see, the gospel delivers on its promise. I bought this pair of pants. I I should have brought them. Uh, I bought this pair of pants off Instagram. You know, like how you get, if, if you don't know what, if you're not on Instagram, then, then uh, you know, just listen to the concept of the story. So, um, so I bought these pants, these pants, it was an ad that popped up on my story. I'm like, oh, those look kind of cool. So I clicked and I'm like, oh my gosh, super sale. Everything's on sale, 99% off. <laughs> Got me hooked, like at the very beginning. So I, I clicked. I didn't, I didn't ask Nicole, which was <laughs> swinging a miss. And I bought these pants. It took like two and a half months for these pants to arrive. Because when I bought them, I got the email confirming, oh yeah, these are coming from, you know, somewhere way deep in China. Okay, cool, whatever. Excited to see my pants. The day comes and I was anticipating. I kept looking at the uh, the the tracking number like, still in transit, okay. Still in transit, still in transit. The day finally came and they went to the wrong address. They went to our neighbor's house. So I like ran over, I'm like, where are my pants? <laughs> I opened up the box and the picture didn't match the product. <laughs> These were supposed to be jeans and they, they're, they're literally jeggings. <laughs> you see, I'm like, some, whoa, okay. Sometimes, sometimes the, 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 pro, the picture doesn't quite deliver, but the gospel always delivers, my friend. The gospel always delivers. When you live in response to the gospel, friend, your life has changed. You walk in purpose because you know who you are. And, and on Monday, you need to know who you are. On Tuesday, you need to know who you are. On Wednesday, you need to know who you are. Every day, you need to know who you are because when you know who you are, you make a difference. Remember this, that you choose the marks you keep. You get to choose the marks you keep. When we stepped out on this journey of faith, um, you know, we had big faith to see God do great things. We moved last year, July. It's crazy that we've already been there a year. And God's been so faithful. I'll just say this. I'll start this. 
that God is so faithful. He delivers on his promises. When you operate in faith, faith honors God and faith is what God honors most. When you live and walk and breathe faith, friends, he delivers always. Back in November, many of you know my son, Elias. He's three now. It was the day before his birthday. He climbs up on the counter and he grabs a couple of uh, magnets off of the fridge and he runs over to the, the, uh, uh, the living room. And Nicole ran, ran after him and she grabs some out of his, his hand, but then she sees that he has some in his mouth and she, she pulls them out of his mouth and she goes, Elias, did you swallow anything? And she go, he, and Elias goes, yep. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we just watched him, you know, we were thinking natural biology is gonna work its way through and it's gonna make it happen. The next day it happens, he starts to, to look like in, and operate like he, he's got the flu. He starts throwing up a bunch and we're like, okay, well, maybe it's a flu. Now, friends, if you know me or if you know my dad at all, you know that we are optimists to the max. I am a, I am a glass half full person. That is me to a T. I see the good in everything. I could have a broken leg and be like, oh, this wasn't my femur. Like, I see, like, that's just how I'm wired. I look at the good in all things. So my son, he, he starts throwing up. I'm like, oh, he's just got this, this is a six hour flu. Six hour flu, babe. Let's just, let's just keep him hydrated and let it pass. Babe, get the Kleenex because you're gonna cry, I know. Um, 12 hours, he's still throwing up. Throwing up like crazy. He's not going to the bathroom. Like, okay, okay, I, I'll stay up with him tonight. And so I'm with him uh, on the couch and he's just, he's just puked. He puked like 13 times in the night. And I'm like, okay, this must be like a, like a 36 hour flu. This is almost over. Okay, we're, we, we're past the worst. We're past the worst. Okay, right? And the next day, Nicole takes him to the doctor. She says, hey, he's been having these flu-like symptoms. He did swallow a magnet. And, um, and so the doctor's like, well, it could be upsetting his stomach. And maybe let's just give him a laxative and let biology, give biology a hand. So we... Follow the doctor's orders. He does the same. We, we give it to him. Nothing changes. He's throwing up more. And, and now it's, it's 36 hours into it. I'm like, this is more than a flu. God, this is, this is a 48-hour flu, Lord. Yeah, yeah, this, that's what this is, Lord. Like, babe, this is just a 48-hour flu. It's gonna be fine. So the next day uh, was his birthday. We, we did a birthday waffle for him and we, and we sang happy birthday. And it was, he took one bite and then pu- puked that up. And then Nicole's mama bear instinct kicked in hardcore. Now, all my mamas know um, that when mama bear instinct kicks in, daddy bear got to back up. <laughs> so I'm like, babe, okay, I'll drive you. I'll, like, go ahead. So she goes back into, into Kaiser with a mission. Like, you are going to give my son an x-ray. And so they gave him an x-ray and they saw that there was three um, magnets in his intestines. And so she sends me the picture of the x-ray and I'm like, okay, they're they're gonna come through. Like, they'll just just pass on, glass half full. And that night, they kept him in the the hospital. And so I get there and the doctor comes in and goes, okay, we got two choices. We could either um, wait and see what happens and let it pass and 
Um, or we can do a surgery. I'm like, he had the flu. Glass half full. So he goes, I'll come back in 10 minutes and you can, you can uh, let me know what you want to do. So he leaves and Nicole and I just look at each other like, what do we do? I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist, friends. As much as it can get. And we said yes to Jesus to plant a church in one of the hardest regions on, on, in our country. So God, you gotta come through. You're, like, you're supposed to take care of us, right, Lord? Like, what, what's going on? Why is this happening? So we get back, the doctor comes back in, and we just felt like we had to do the surgery, um, not knowing uh, what would ha- then happen, because, um, friends, when we stepped out of real life, we also stepped out of medical insurance. We stepped out of coverage, and we had been trying to get on Medi-Cal, and if you know Medi-Cal, that's a process. The process was in process, so we didn't know. So as, as, the op, as optimistic as I can be, I got, I got the calculator in the back of my head. Like, I know how much this stuff costs. So doctor comes in, and we say, all right, let's do the surgery. Time comes, Elias is crying. He's, he's hurting on the inside. And, I'm, and they go, all right, we're ready for surgery. And he doesn't know what's going on. He just knows he's in a weird place and his tummy hurts and he doesn't want to let go of me. And so they go, okay, dad, you can get on the, on the gurney and we'll roll you down. You can hold him um, all the way down to, to, to the doors. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm holding him. I'm like, all right, buddy, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. You're just going to take a nice long nap. It's going to be awesome. And they're, they're just going to massage your tummy a little bit. It's going to be okay, son. It's going to be okay. We get to the doors. The anesthesiologist comes out, gives us the whole thing about anesthesia. And then they give him the pre-sedative. If you've had surgery, you know what I mean. It's that stuff that makes you feel real squishy real quick. <laughs> they give it to him, and, I, and all of a sudden, I feel my three-year-old, 110 percentile, strong little boy who's going to grow up to be macho man, and he, 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 he loves trucks, and he, he, he's just this incredible, full-of-life little boy, never, never not smiling. I feel my son go limp as a noodle in my arms. And then they go, all right, dad, put him down. So I put my son down and he's looking at me and I could see the fear in his eyes and his eyes are welling up because he doesn't know what's going on. All I know is I'm not holding him anymore. And he can't speak because he's so, he's lit. <laughs> I live in Oakland, that's what we do. It's a <laughs> they roll him through those doors and all of a sudden I have no control. Nicole and I are sitting there and everything's falling apart. But we said yes to Jesus. We're like, God, why is this happening? Why in the world is it? Do this to me. Don't do this to my son. Like, come on. This isn't the way it's supposed to go. Five hours or four and a half hours later of what was supposed to be an hour and a half surgery, surgeon comes out and he goes, I'm glad you did surgery. There was 13 holes in his intestines. And if he would have... If you wouldn't have done it, he would have spilled out and gotten sepsis. And when you're that small, sepsis can take you within hours. Sitting there, apparently I about fainted because I'm a glass half full kind of guy. How do you have faith when your glass is shattered? I'm sitting there trying to have faith, trying to be strong, and I am broken because my son is a, was hours 
potentially from not being here. When you step out in faith, God delivers, the gospel delivers, but the enemy is on edge when you're in faith. The enemy is on edge when you are walking in purpose. So don't think for a moment, friends, that when you walk in faith that it's a cakewalk, it's an uphill battle every day. Three, he was in the hospital for seven days and day three, or day four, <laughs> I'm, again, no medical coverage. The lady calls from the billing department. I'm like, okay, here we go. No more church, sell the house. I'll live at my mom's. Like, like throw it in. She goes, okay, so it looks like the, the numbers are gonna be blah, 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 blah. So she's, 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 she's doing all the hard, the bad stuff first. She goes, but it looks like Elias is Medi-Cal kicked in Saturday morning and his surgery was Saturday night, so you don't owe a dime. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you walk in faith, when you operate in faith, God delivers. The gospel delivers, friends. My tattoo is still on my arm. It's still there. It may be faded a little bit because I'm not going back. Maybe. You see, friends, when you're marked by an assignment from God, stuff can come against you. Fear can grip you. We've had moments where, we're cry where we put the kids to bed. Nicole falls asleep, and I can't sleep because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. But then I remember God makes good on his promises. He makes good on his promises. When you honor him, when you walk in faith, when you walk in purpose, the promises of God go full and they're more than you can expect and they always exceed the expectation. My moment with Jesus when I said yes to Jesus is still there. You see what happens when you're marked by Jesus? Here's the difference is that the lens in which you see life changes. You get an upgrade like when you go to lens crafters and you get the upgraded lens. You get an upgrade when you're marked by Jesus. You see things from a different perspective. Many people drive through Oakland and they, they drive down International Boulevard and they see all the pain and the hurt and the, and, and the problem. They see the problem. But when your lens, when you're marked by an assignment, when you're marked by Jesus, when you're marked by the gospel, the lens shifts. Yes, there's problems in life. But there, I'm telling you, there's some of the greatest views of God's creation in the city of Oakland. You walk, you drive up Lincoln Avenue, you turn around, you see this mass, expansive beauty of a city, of, of you see the, all the bridges and you see all that, that, that is the Bay Area. I was there, we went to the zoo two days ago and the zoo has these, this gondola and you can see eight counties from the top of the gondola. You can see Marin, you can see 
You see the golden gate, you see everything, everything. And the fire that I saw that day, two years ago, over Lake Merritt, I saw it spreading the way fires spread and it kept producing life. It kept producing people walking in purpose. Father, let fire rise in your kingdom. When you're marked by an assignment, when you're marked by an assignment, you become a fire starter. It's like when you walk by a tree that has been carved, you know, Jason was here. People try to leave their mark on trees, but when you're marked by Jesus, it's not Jesus was here, it's Jesus is here. He is here. When you're marked by Jesus, the giant in front of you is never bigger than the God inside you. And how do you live and walk in in being marked, friends? It's simply this. Rest. Rest in the fact that the hard work is already finished. Rest. I love that Pastor Dean said rest because rest produces vision. You know when you're driving and you haven't slept? You gotta, it's the same in the kingdom. Rest produces clarity. Rest produces process. Rest produces words that will change and make difference in your spirit. Rest produces the roadmap to change. So how do you walk marked? Rest in the fact that, and know that Jesus has done the work.